Welcome, you're listening to Ask the Doulas, a podcast where we talk to experts from all over the country about topics related to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and early parenting. Let's chat. Hello, hello, this is Kristen with Ask the Doulas, and I'm here today to chat with Christine Brown. Christine owns Bella Luna Family and is a twin mom to almost eight-year-old boys. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. So thrilled to chat with you. So I'd love for you to give us a bit more about your background. I know you're a certified child behavior specialist and how you came to own Bella Luna Family and you know what your focus is in your business. Yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about my story. So those twins that you mentioned, they, when they were born, I was actually a high-tech marketing manager, which is funny. I worked for Dell for years and years. And then I had my babies and I joke that they tried to kill me from sleep deprivation when they were six months old, which kind of prompted me to become obsessed with sleep first off. That's my first love. But secondly, just helping moms and families. And so when the boys turned three and I was potty training failure, I actually became a child behavior consultant. And so part of that encompassed potty training. And so I learned how to help families with some of the more challenging behaviors that we experience. And then also started potty training consultations, helping families kind of with those in addition to sleep. I love it. It makes perfect sense that you would mix both sleep and potty training. So yeah, tell us a bit more about your focus in potty training, the ages that you work with, and we'll get into, you know, some tips for our listeners. Yeah. So the, the focus really for me is there are some things like from a child sleep perspective, I don't think that can be child led because they just can't make the right decisions for themselves. But when it comes to like eating and going to the bathroom, I truly believe potty training is child led. We can't like teach a child to do something that they're developmentally not ready to do. And so from that perspective, my primary focus is just on readiness, right? Making sure that the child is ready to be potty trained because I find a lot of families when they come to me, they're frustrated and they've been trying everything and they've read all of the books and they feel guilty and they feel shame and they feel like it's never going to work, right? Yet they're trying to teach their child to do something that they're not ready to do. And so I help them kind of come up with an action plan of number one, figuring out, you know, when your child is ready. And then number two, you know, once they're ready, how can you approach this in a child-led perspective. That makes sense. And I know it's just like sleep training. There's so many different methods and, you know, every child is so different. So what, you know, I'm guessing that clients can work with you virtually as well as in person. And what point do clients come to you? Is it more toddler stage? Are they trying earlier than that? Or are they, you know, trying to get their child into preschool and it's a requirement. So they want you know, potty training in a week? Like, what are you seeing? Yeah. So most families that come to me, either they've been, we've worked together in the past on sleep or behavior, and now it's time to work on potty training and they want to be prepared going into it, prepared and, you know, approaching it in a way that doesn't create resistance. Or secondly, parents come to me a lot because they have been trying and trying and trying, and it's just not working. And they're feeling like they're beating their heads against the wall and they're really frustrated. And the more frustrated they get, the more frustrated their child becomes. Right. And so it just becomes this vicious cycle. So I help them break that cycle. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I know with my kids being close in age, my daughter was potty trained and then my son was born and she wanted attention. So she regressed and went back into diapers. So I felt like I had to start all over again. Do you see that? I see that a lot. And it's just, you know, it's like, they want to go back to being the baby, which you can't blame them. You know, oftentimes they're two or three years, they're the only child. And then all of a sudden this little person comes and is taking all of mom's attention. So it's a really difficult transition. And it's very normal when think that happened, that there will be a regression in potty training. So we do see that, but the good part is they really had it. And that, you know, and this is just a regression, it should come go back to normal, you know, as the child adjusts to having a new little sibling. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I mean, daytime potty training is so different than overnight and your work with sleep and so on. So at what point would there be a concern with a toddler who's not potty trained at night? So I, can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. Okay. So my son, Nicholas, he was four and I never rushed it because my, again, sleep is so important to us. It's important to everyone, but in our household, it's literally one of our family values. So I, you know, said that, you know, I wasn't going to rush the nighttime potty training, but he had other ideas. So he said to me, mommy, I'm a big boy now. I'm not going to wear pull-ups to bed anymore. And I was like, oh boy. All right. (laughs) Right. So I prepared myself knowing that I was going to be, you know, getting up in the middle of the night because he was waking up with a soaked pull-up every single morning. So I prepared myself. I pulled out a second set of sheets. I made sure that his mattress pad was down. I laid up, you know, the chucks that we use when we were giving birth. I had one of those, like a bed pad that I put underneath. So I knew it was going to be a quick change. I prepared myself mentally. I was going to be waking in the night and lo and behold, midnight, he comes in, mommy, I had an accident. No big deal. Cleaned him up, cleaned the bed. But in the morning I said, Hey bud. So last night we got up in the middle of the night, had a little bit of an accident. He's like, yeah. I'm like, no big deal. We all have accidents, but let me tell you something. I don't think your body is ready yet. I said, because if your body was ready, you wouldn't be having accidents. I will pinky promise you that if you can wake up for seven days in a row dry, then we know your body is ready for to wear undies at nighttime. And I said, until then, we can't teach your body to do something that it's not ready to do. I said, bud, could I have taught you to walk before you were ready to walk? Nope. All right. So we can't change our bodies, right? It has to be something that happens, you know, and our bodies have to be ready to do it. And so that really resonated with him and that helped him to kind of put the pause. Cause I was like, you're still a big boy. A lot of kids that are still big boys still wear pull-ups at night. Right. So we talked about that piece of it, but it really took some of the pressure off for him to feel like he needs to be able to do that right away. Because honestly, that's the truth. If our bodies aren't ready to do something, we're just there. We're not, we can't train it. Yeah. Hey, Alyssa here. I'm just popping in to tell you about our course called Becoming. Becoming a mother is your guide to a confident pregnancy and birth, all in a convenient six-week online program. From birth plans to sleep training and everything in between, you'll gain the confidence and skills you need for a smooth transition to motherhood. You'll get live coaching calls with Kristen and myself, a bunch of expert videos, including chiropractic care, pelvic floor physical therapy, mental health experts, breastfeeding, and much more. You'll also get a private Facebook community with other mothers going through this at the same time as you to offer support and encouragement when you need it most. And then of course, you'll also have direct email access 
to me and Kristen in addition to the live coaching calls. If you'd like to learn more about the course, you can email us at info at goldcoastdoulas.com or check it out at thebecomingcourse.com. We'd love to see you there. And then with twins and potty training, I'm sure there were many challenges. We work with a lot of twin and triplet families at Gold Coast. And so what was your personal experience with potty training twins? Were they, was it something you did at the same time or were they paced differently? So one twin was ready and I held him off because I was like, oh, sweet baby Jesus, I cannot do one in diapers and one body training. I was like, I just right. can't do this, it's too much. And so I held the first twin off. And then by the time his brother was ready, he was like lost all interest in it altogether. And so it was a little bit challenging, but I also didn't know what I know now. So I would wake up every Saturday morning. I was getting a lot of external pressure and I think people can relate to this. My God rest her soul was not one to mince her words. She said to me, Christine, what's wrong with you? Why are you not to have, don't have these kids potty trained? I had both my boys trained by the time they were two. And I was like, there's something wrong with me, right? Um, that's immediately where you go. Like I'm, there's, I'm defective. And then my step monster showed up at Easter dinner with Easter basket supplies and started trying to potty train my boys while I was cooking Easter dinner. Oh um, no! And so I was getting a lot of external pressure and I don't know about you, but when I'm parenting, from a place of pressure. I'm not always making like intentional choices and showing up as the best version of myself. And Absolutely. so I, yes. every Saturday morning, I was like, oh, today's the day I'm going to seize the world. I'm sure all moms can relate to this. Right. Um, and then by 1030, I jokingly would be texting my husband. Is it too early for Prosecco? And <laughs> right. they, they had cried. I had cried. There was pee and poop everywhere. It was literal S show. And so I honestly, we had a really tough time and it, it went on for much longer than I think it needed to, but that's because I was pressuring them because I was feeling so pressured and it's children's natural inclination when we're trying to pressure them to do something that they're not ready to do, to dig their heels in. That's just, oh, yes. you know, they're like, absolutely not. I don't, I'm not ready to do this yet. Right. All right. Now I don't want to do this. And so they really pushed back on me. So it was a long process, but it ends happily. Um, they're not eight still in plus. But they started at a new daycare and they had a pool there. And they said to the boys, you cannot, we were almost potty trained at this point, but they said, you can't have any accidents two weeks before going in the pool or you're not going to be able to swim. And they both love swimming, can't blame them. And they really had no accidents after that. Yeah. I feel like there's that motivation. I know with dealing with my daughter and her regression and needing to be dry before going into preschool, that was a good motivator for her to get back into potty training. But it, it was stressful for us to know that she might have an accident at school and, you know, might not be able to, you know, continue on there. So, but it all worked out. A lot of parents come to me in that same situation and, you know, their kids really want to start school. They want to go and have fun with their friends and learn, but the potty training piece of it can definitely and be challenging, but as soon as they kind of relax a little bit and take the pressure off and it's not such a focus area, I find it comes together much easier. Agreed. And now, Christine, you had mentioned family members trying to use reward system and some people, you know, rely on stickers or candy or toys, whatever it might be. What are your thoughts on that? I'm not much of a rewards gal because 
I'm a firm believer in the reward comes from the behavior itself, right? And it comes from the positive reinforcement that comes from parents. So, you know, positive encouragement because that's intrinsic motivation, right? They feel good about what they did and they, you know, and they're doing something that, you know, is like rewarding for them, right? They've mastered a new skill. And so I'm a firm believer in not doing reward systems because I feel like then you just have to keep sweetening the pot, right? Or I find that they'll work for a short period of time and then kids will lose interest, right? Some kids are hugely motivated by stickers, but others aren't. And then next thing you know, you're like, you know, having to buy, you know, the toy Ferrari to get them to try to go to the bathroom. Right. And so, you know, I'm not a huge fan of them. I don't find them to be like effective in the long term. Sometimes they can work short term, but I don't use them from a sleep perspective. I don't use them potty. I don't use them in behavior. So I guess you could say I'm not that into them. Yeah, I never was as well, but I felt like I needed to communicate with anything in early parenting, how we approach things to relatives or even babysitters who had different ideas about how to, you know, handle, tackle, like whether it's sleep, as you mentioned, or, you know, feeding, and then also definitely potty training. Yeah, same. It's definitely doing things a little differently than the way I was raised. And I think a lot of us are trying to do things differently, more positive than maybe some of us were raised. And so it does feel very foreign, especially to the older generation, some of the ways that we go about approaching things from a more positive standpoint, because a lot of the time, the older generations, it was more punitive. Everything was really punitive and punishment-based or bribery. Exactly. Yes. So what are your best tips for our listeners as, you know, many of our becoming a mother students and our doula clients, you know, are pregnant and have toddlers at home and trying to simplify things, whether it's toddler sleep or again, that potty training. So what are your top tips to navigate that during the tail end of pregnancy? So... Let me just make sure that I understand. So how to navigate like potty training towards the tail end of pregnancy or with a second child? Yes. So they have a second child that they want to try to potty train and they're currently pregnant. So this is the stage that they're in. They're hoping to, again, avoid regressions and really get a plan in place to simplify and avoid, you know, potentially having two children in diapers. Okay. So number one is I don't recommend making any major changes two months before or after a baby arrives, because, you know, oftentimes there's a lot of big feelings that are happening right before that. And sometimes we wait until the very end because to try to fix something, but it can be a lot of change for a little one in a very short period of time. Um, And I do find that it normally makes the process harder. So I usually recommend trying to wait, you know, either two months before, if your little one's showing readiness signals or two months after. The second thing is if you decide to embark in it, you know, you want to really truly make sure that your little one is ready and you're not just, you know, trying to, you know, be like, oh, I can't have two in diapers because if your little one's not ready, it's going to become really challenging. And I my think my worst nightmare would be having a newborn baby and trying to navigate being a newborn mom and having a toddler plus like potty training at the same time. That sounds like a lot of work to me and sounds like a definite recipe for more burnout and some more behavior issues. So, you know, you want to make sure, and I'm going to share with your audience, we'll have a, I have a potty training readiness checklist that I will share. And so 
it can be a really helpful guide to make sure that your little one truly is ready. So I will share that. But some of the, you know, top things coming from that, you want to make sure the biggest thing is that, you know, your little one is asking to use the potty, right? They have to be really wanting to use it. They're interested in it. They want to use it. They're interested when you go. You've also got to make sure that they've got fewer wet diapers. You know, they can stay dry for at least two hours at a time. They can pull their pants down at least. They can follow simple instructions. Doesn't mean that they will but they can, you know, they are starting to show like that they're uncomfortable by pulling on the diaper or taking it off. Also that they recognize those pee and poop signals, like they're telling you or they're going in there hiding. So, you know, when they're doing that, that they, they actually know that it's happening before it's happening. And then another big one is they're asserting their independence, right? I can do this myself. And so those are really the key things that you want to make sure that your little one is doing before you embark on any sort of potty training. And then- I love it. Yeah. So reducing that pressure to, you know, have everything be certain way, you know, before baby's born. So whether it's weaning from, you know, breastfeeding, if you're currently breastfeeding during pregnancy or, you know, just uh, those, the sleep training, and then it also sounds like potty training. So giving yourself that time, if things don't happen before two months, then wait, correct? Yeah. Or just wait, you can print the checklist out, put it on the fridge. And as things happen, you can mark them off and celebrate internally, but you know, you're getting closer, you know, but then once you're seeing like at least the majority of these things are happening, then, you know, it's really go time. Yeah. And then what signs do you recommend a sleep consultant that a child would be ready to transition? I know, you know, obviously there are different stages and some sleep consultants don't begin working with um, babies until eight weeks or 12 weeks or even further along, depending on their specialty. So what is your advice there? From a sleep perspective, I yeah. think- It's never too early to start sleep shaping. So for newborns, I believe that you can start that very, you know, very early. And, you know, those early things are just watching wake windows, you know, trying to identify what your little ones, you know, sleepy cues are you know, making sure that you've got an optimized sleep environment, cool, dark, you know, white noise going. So those are things that you can start doing immediately. But then, you know, we really start sleep shaping as soon as baby starts smiling at us, right? Which is usually somewhere in the six to eight week timeframe, which means that they are starting to be able to make connections and follow cues, right? And so that's when we can really start encouraging more independent sleep. Not that they don't still need a ton of connection time and snuggles, but at that point we may actually be ready to, you know, encourage them to sleep a little more independently so we can get some stuff done. Love it. Any final tips for our listeners, Christine? Aside from readiness, I think from a nighttime perspective for, you know, you want to make sure that your child is waking up dry. And like what I did with my son was seven days. Cause then I knew he really had, you know, that ability to, you know, to be able to do it. His body was really ready. And so for nighttime potty training, I, w- I recommend waiting for that as well. Okay. Excellent. So how can our listeners find you? I know Bella Luna family is on a variety of different social channels. And then of course you have bellalunafamily.com's your website. Yep. And across all social channels, you can find us everywhere and it's at Bella Luna family. Um, so you can find us. I have a lot of fun doing reels on Instagram and you obviously on Pinterest and Facebook talk. So all the major platforms. Thank you so much, Christine. I really appreciate your tips and we will include your download in our show notes. So thank you so much. 
You're so very welcome. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Thanks for listening to Ask the Doulas. For more information about Gold Coast Doulas, visit us on our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Thank you. Remember, these moments are golden.